than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Good morning, everyone. 
All right, tis a season for sneezing and wheezing. And the praise team is not immune to that. So we are struggling this morning a little bit, but that's okay. You know, it's all God's plan. We're going to here to lift it up best we can. But you know what? The job is really yours. You guys are the worshipers. We, did, we just lead it off. You guys hit, hit it with us. You guys ready to stand up this morning as we lift up God's mighty name? In the presence of Jesus the Nazarene And wonder how he could love me A sinner condemned Alright church, come on We're singing high All the voices, we're singing high. 
your hands together. Salvation, heroes and 
This song kind of goes back. This is an old Keith Green song. We just kind of like revamped it a little bit to our flavor of Haven worship. So, start off with In all I do, I, in all I do, I honor you. And the Redeemer. There is a God's own son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. Let's sing that verse, verse again. There is a Own son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One, Jesus, my Redeemer, name above all Yeah. 
everyone to be seated at this moment. We're going to celebrate communion. One of the things I always like to do is before we have um, Thanksgiving, and that's hard to believe it's this week, right? Before Thanksgiving, I always like to take a chance to do what they call the Great Thanksgiving, which is the uh, a celebration of communion. And um, and so with communion, we just uh, recognize some of the things. We communion gives us a chance to look backward, gives us a chance to look back on that night and we, before the night that Jesus gave Himself up for us. When he took a bread, it might have been matzah or what have you, in a seder bread meal, he began to get. Keep the tradition that was always there, giving thanks to God, his Father, for grain that they may have uh, bread to eat. And he began to break it, and he began to pass it around to his disciples and said, Hey, take from it and eat from this, all of you. This is my body, which is broken for you. Equally, 
after supper, during the Seder meal, there's plenty of cups, but once again, he took a cup and he gave thanks to God and he blessed it. And again, he began to pass it around to his disciples. And this time he changed it a little bit once again. And he said, take and drink from this, all of you. This is my blood shared for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it and remember to me. In the, this uh, meal, it is a time for really giving thanks. Uh, we just sang, um, there is a redeemer, Jesus God's own son, precious lamb of God, Messiah, holy one. Thank you, oh my father, for giving us your son. I think one of the problems that we have, there's some things that we have better. You know, some things that we have great. We have a lot of history and a lot of way to look back at what Jesus did. And we, we are 2,000 years removed from the moment that kind of took history and went this way, right? Changed it forever. But with that, I think sometimes we forget to just stop and give thanks for Jesus Christ. I, for one, am glad I'm not under the Old Testament, which was, it was, it was, uh, it was a lot of animals you needed, right? Number one. Number two, the other thing is, there was no grace. It was all law. And the whole reason why Jesus had to come in the first place was not to get rid of that, but to fulfill it. Because guess what? You and I couldn't do it. Anybody ever had rules when you were growing up? Anybody make any of them? Anybody broke most of them? All right. Anybody look at your kids and say, why are you breaking them? And they say, because you did. All right. I got some of that. Well, guess what? One of the reasons why Jesus came is to show us the way, the truth, and the life, and that's through him. And so what he did on a cross is he took all that upon himself and said, so that when that one day, when my verse that we sang, um, when I stand in glory, then I'm going to see his face. See, I'm glad about that. That's great to be able to see that because I, I know Jesus as my Savior. I know that he paid for everything. He paid for all my sins. So I should be glad and give great thanks to God for sending his son because otherwise Jack would have to face his own mess. But here's the cool thing. When I get to go up to heaven, God says, Jack, I see that you, and Jesus said, nope, paid for it. Nope, paid for it. Constantly paid for it. And when we look at our lives, do we live lives that are thankful of what Christ has done? And so, Lord, as we, as we look, I pray that these may be for us the blood, body and blood of Christ, that we may be the hands and the feet, the body of Christ for this world. And so, Lord, send your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts. Lord, we pray that your church will truly be that, that thanksgiving church to you, that one that gives you all the passion, all the fervor that you had and your early disciples had when filled with the Holy Spirit. And we ask that your Holy Spirit meet us here in this presence of this great thanksgiving here at this moment. And so, Lord, make us one with each other, one in ministry to all the world, until we get to feast at that heavenly thanksgiving table where you, you are the guest of honor every day, and we're just glad to be along for that whole ride. So we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you're from another tradition, um, I'm just going to explain to you how we do this. We truly believe that in open communion, and basically what that is, is recognizing that there are people um, that we all have, the scripture tells us we've all missed the mark. Sin just means miss the mark. Anybody ever missed the mark in your life? Okay? Um, if you didn't raise your hand, you're lying. Okay? Um, so, but we all miss the mark of what Christ intended for us. And so if we, we have that and we say, God, I messed up. I just need you to go ahead and help me. That's what he does. Um, we need to ask, do we love Jesus? We got to deal with him one time, one way or another. Either now as our Savior and Lord. C.S. Lewis said, Jesus does not allow for us to be anything else but Savior and Lord. He either is a liar, a lunatic, or the Savior of the world. 
And if he's one of the other, if he's not the savior of the world, then all of Western civilization is based off either a liar or a lunatic. And so we need to recognize Jesus is who he says he is. And do we love him? And are there people in our lives that we don't seek to get along very well with? That we don't live at peace with? Is it about, have we done everything we can for peace? Absolutely everything? Are there, are there people we're just not going to mess with? Well, guess what? Maybe you said I've forgiven, but Lord, you've got to help my unforgiveness. That's all we need to do to come to this table because it's not mine. It's not Haven Churches. It's not even the Christian churches. It's Jesus. It's his table. And so I'm going to ask the worship team and the servers to come forward. Jesus, broken and given for you. The body of Christ, given for you, Bob. The body of Christ, given for you. Our Lord's body, broken and given for you. The body of Christ, broken for you. The blood of Christ, shed for you. The blood of Christ, poured out for you. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, poured out for you. The blood of Jesus Christ, shed for you. The blood of Christ, poured out and shed for you. The blood of Jesus Christ shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Our Lord's body poured out and shed for you and many for the forgiveness of sins. The blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness. Our Lord's blood shed for you and for so many others. The blood of Christ poured out for you. The blood of Christ. Uh, what we're going to do, and just instructions, those of you who've been here before, uh, bear with us. We like to give the instructions to everyone again. Um, this, if you're on this side, just please come down, and, and you can go to this side. In the middle, if you'll come down from the back, down and around, um, and then on the far side there, down and around, we have three stations. If you need uh, gluten-free stuff, we've got that right here, so you can just, no matter what side you're on, you can make your way there, and that's fine. Um, 
the, the other thing is, what I, what I ask, I mean, I know it's a time where we get to see everybody and everything, but the main thing, just focus on Jesus. Focus on him. Focus on that Redeemer. Focus on the word of the song that we're going to be singing and worshiping um, the Lord, that the worship team's leading us about clean, about being clean, about those things in our life that we don't have. Focus on thanksgiving, on thanksgiving giving to the glory of God. And, and use that at this time. The other time is that we're, we also have um, our offering if you want to give. If you're visiting with us today, please don't, um, please don't expect to give anything. You're our guest here. We do not expect that. That's what we do. Um, we're just glad that you're our guest here, and we seriously mean that. Um, but we, we would just love you to come and just experience what the Lord has for us here today. Um, and just, and, and more importantly for you, um, there is an altar over here. Um, you can make wherever you are an altar. Uh, just, um, just go ahead and just let the Lord speak to you during this time and just focus on him. Come, the table of the Lord is open. Please come.
washed in the blood of your sacrifice. Your blood flowed red and made me white. My dirty rags are purified. I am clean. Washed in the blood of your sacrifice. Your blood flowed red and made me white. As those who have received the Lord's uh, Supper, um, the, uh, the uh, great Thanksgiving, let us celebrate once again and let's prepare our hearts even more so for worship. But one of the things about communion is that those who are many become one. And there's this thing called koinonia in the New Testament, which means fellowship. So we're going to give you an opportunity to do that right now, fellowship with each other for a little bit. And we're going to have our children head to our Haven Kids ministry. Giving for a long time for us was just robotic. I didn't feel like it always carried any real meaning for me. So I'm a writer, and I was working on a book for I Like Giving and talking to all these people and hearing their stories of generosity. And what I heard really shocked me. And as a writer, sometimes it's easy to tell other people's stories, but forget about your own story. It just made me think, you know, what kind of story do I want to tell? And what kind of person do I want to be 
So I started to talk to my husband about an experiment with giving. We both work on commission, so one month we were looking at our budget and we decided we would set a little bit aside and see what might happen. Shortly after that, my mom came on a visit to Nashville, which she doesn't get to do very often. You know, I was so excited, I got the guest room all ready and we got a phone call from my sister that she had had a miscarriage. We were just shocked. So I told my mom, I really think that you need to go and be there for her. So we started looking up some flights. They popped up and each one was the exact amount that we had put aside. And so we packed her bag and we bought the ticket and we sent her to New York to be with my sister. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 40 and 41. Jesus heals a man with leprosy. And listen to this as if you're the leper. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. And I am willing, he said, be clean. Please bow with me in prayer for some of our prayer requests that we have in a second after I give them some of you. We have um, a couple things here. One, we want to lift up uh, the Mears family and the passing of Ron Mears' mother, Dottie. Uh, we had her service yesterday, so please lift him up in prayers as his father passed away earlier this year. So continue to lift Ron and family in your prayers. Uh, Barbie Morningstar Phillips has asked for prayers for a good friend, Christy who has battled liver tumors for two years. She is 42 years old, a mother um, of two boys and a new Grammy. Uh, she has been given three months to live. So please pray for that family as you will. Um, also, Donna Wiggum lifted a, a, a thanks and a praise God for powering love uh, for the food drive. We were able to make up 150 meals, um, and church has to date 26 meals um, counting. So that's, that's awesome. That's uh, 100, and, I don't do math well, but that's 176 people that are going to be uh, fed because of your kindness. So thank you very much. And then Thanksgiving is also a very uh, special day in the life of our church. It is Bobby Burke's uh, birthday. So we want to go ahead and uh, thank God for, for Bobby. Right, Bobby? Okay, she said, yeah. So let's, let's pray. Uh, Lord God, once again, we, we come to you in this time. It seems like the week's go by and, and fly so quickly. However, God, we know that you are uh, your God, and we thank you that we are not. Uh, so, Lord, there's so much going on in our, our world and in our community, and God, you know all those things. We want to lift up those. Um, I'm a young mother who is uh, a grandmother who's facing this horrible tumors and, and given bad news. Lord, we pray that you will intervene and bring your healing, your physical healing and restoration to her life and to her family. For um, others who are, who are dealing with struggles, for joys of, um, 
of birthdays and anniversaries for those who struggle with loss. Whatever it may be, God, we know that you are in control and we give you thanks. It's God, this week that the, uh, our country decides to take time to give thanks. And a lot of times, God, in the shuffle of everything, uh, we lose you in the midst of shopping deals. We lose you in the midst of turkey and mashed potatoes and stuffing and cranberry sauce. But God, help us to keep our focus on the reason for that whole holiday as it was originated, to give thanks to you, our creator. And so, God, this remainder of the time is for you. Um, it's for you to minister to us, to convict us, to, to, um, to empower us, to do whatever you need to do. For that and all things, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everyone, welcome. We are on our last week of our series, Gen uh, Generosity, and we've been talking about that, and it kind of is fitting how it comes up right at this uh, Thanksgiving date. Um, and so um, next week, I believe, Melinda, you have the slide, or actually, there may be one in between, but our next series that's going to start is going to be this one right here, Christmas at the Movies. So how many like Christmas movies? Anybody like Christmas movies? Anybody like Elf? Okay. That's going to be one of them, all right? So we're going to have some of these. So, um, you know, most, many people love their Christmas movies. Now's a great time to bring people, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about the goodness of God and how we can learn from even some of the, um, some of the, uh, the movies that we have out there. So it's a really good time to get people to come out and enjoy, and I'm excited about Christmas um, at the movies. And so we're going to go ahead and take that in um, as our next sermon series, message series. Also, Christmas is coming, in case you don't know, right? Um, and, be, and soon after that, a week after that, is New Year's. So if it's been a rough year, you're getting excited. If it's been a, another year, you're kind of like, eh. If you're saying, oh my gosh, I don't want to start another tax year, sorry, welcome to the boat. We're all there. But either way, um, we are making that crunch toward the end of the year. We also will be having our Christmas Eve services, uh, a service, so we want you to go ahead and invite people. We'll have some more information about those as well, and so we're just really excited about those kind of things. If you're visiting with us today, welcome, relax. Um, this is as good as it gets. Um, <laughs> up here. So it, it, that tells you that God uh, uh, is, is still working. Um, and if I can speak for him, yes. Um, so, but we're just glad that you're here. I want you to relax, have a great time and connect to the Lord and whatever he has for you. Um, if you have any questions, just ask anybody. They'll be able to help you with that. A couple of things that you want to look at, if you will look at, are stockings for soldiers. If somebody said, oh, I forgot that. You got one more week. You got to get them in. But right, Ron? But we, um, we're, a lot of people are taking them. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That is awesome uh, for our soldiers, and we are excited about that. There are some sheets out there, if, and I also some stockings, correct, Ron? So if you want to get those, fill them up, bring them back, we want to make sure they get them because they have to be mailed out so that they receive them uh, for Christmas. Um, again, uh, a couple other things that, along with that. There's cards um, for our card ministry. Our card ministry is so great in getting things out, but we also, it, with all these stockings that keep coming in, we need some people that if you want to help out, you can please feel free to do so. Um, please look at the information about if you need anything in for uh, the bulletin for next week. We need to have it in by Tuesday for the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. And um, again, you can check out some of the other announcements that we have coming up here. Wow. Okay, that's a lot. Uh, and where's Liz? Is Liz back there? She's probably, uh, she's out there taking care of stuff. 
We are well over 300 boxes for Operation Christmas Child, so that is awesome. I think last count was in the 316, 320 range. Thank you. That is incredible and, and awesome. Um, as we mentioned, we are in the 175 range for uh, Thanksgiving dinner. So when you sit down to your Thanksgiving meal, just remember, there's 176 people because of the goodness and generosity of this church, and I'm really thankful for that. I'm very thankful, and I know God is as well. And so that's what brings us to our third week of this series, Generosity. Generosity, and we are, we are going to wrap it up today, um, this, this uh, theme of generosity and feeling uh, very, very generous in the midst of this. And this kind of time of year um, breeds that pretty soon. People will be ringing bells at, at uh, storeroom doors, and we'll have to decide what change we have or whatever else. Um, I do want to say, I think what's really awesome is a lot of times we kind of feel down about the world around us. But my, many of those, um, those Thanksgiving meals came from people who were going into Walmart, uh, whether Elkton or Northeast, and came out and received a list and came out and actually gave. I actually received a message from a few people that said, that is so awesome that your church is doing that. And so, so keep up the good work and, and be thankful. Um, particularly remember that those same good people are the ones who are out there on Black Friday shopping, okay? So just remember that. Okay, our, our verse today that I want to take a look at comes from 2 Corinthians, and it's chapter 9. Remember we said a lot of this generosity comes from two chapters, from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9. And this one is a good one to wrap up on chapter 9. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And I think this is really cool that what they use is a, a uh, farming or a planting illustration of planting seed in the ground. That basically what you give, that if you give, you receive, okay? Um, that that comes back to you, that it grows. Like for instance, if you plant something in the ground, that's what's going to grow up. If I plant tomatoes, uh, there's not going to be watermelon that grow up from that, right? If I, what I plant grows up, okay? And so we need that. So when they're using this area of generosity and kindness, it has this exponential effect that when you take these seeds and plant them out, that it grows and it grows. So that extra um, little bit of tip that you give to that, to that waiter or waitress or that extra smile or, you, as we talked about the other week, you pay for the people behind you in a fast food line or drive through that that kind of hopefully gets contagious and it begins to expound and keep on going. And so we see this sowing generously you receive generously and sowing sparingly you sow you reap gen, uh, sparingly he says each one of you should give what you have what's that word decided. decided let's say that again each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver now from day one I also said of the series I said don't just think about money don't just think about those kind of things. Think about everything in life, even though that is a portion of it. And this is one of those areas, when I see a verse like that, I need to apologize for many of my colleagues in ministry. Because many have used this, this uh, I have forgotten this term, what you have decided in your heart. 
to give. You notice it's an important word because there have, over the years, there have been several in the role of clergy, whether it be televangelists, whether it be uh, normal pastors or what have you, that like to pressure people into giving, giving financially, giving other time, giving all kinds of things. And they'll use all kinds of savvy little tricks to go ahead and do that. And that's not what I have done, I hope. That's not what I will do, and that's not what we are about here today. And so what we see is giving and generosity should be decided by who? You in your heart, what you've decided in your heart to give. Because God loves a cheerful giver. So you shouldn't have to give under compulsion or reluctantly and all those kind of other things. Um, also, this so reap thing is not prosperity gospel. Let me get that very clear. It's not like, if you want to get billions of dollars, sow some into this. That's not what it is. And many people have taken all these things and spun Dr. Dem for others and for their own kind of things. Um, God loves a cheerful giver. And in the Greek, the term cheerful means hilarious. So how many of you have ever gone ahead and served somewhere and been like, ha, 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 yeah, woo, I'm serving, yeah, woo, offering plate, give it to me again, ha, ha, woo. Anybody ever done that in your life? No, no, not at all. But that's what it means. Because when your heart is good with what you're giving, how many of you, when you've really thought about giving a gift for somebody at Christmas or for a birthday or anniversary, you can't wait till they open it. And when they're opening it, you're going, <laughs> here we go, here we go. Anybody ever done those ones where you take something really small and you put in a billion different boxes? Or you put them, or anybody ever send anybody on like a scavenger hunt for their present? And the whole time, you're not going, would you just find your present? Open the dumb box, please. No, you're like, <laughs> look at you. Oh, I'm sorry, you got to go this. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you have an hilarious nature because you've decided in your heart what you want to give to that person. Everybody with me? You understand what I'm saying here? So that's what God wants from all of us in each avenue. He wants us to enjoy, and when you decide, you also do it intentionally, not by being coaxed or compulsively giving. In 2 Corinthians 9, 11, it says, here's what God will do when we do that. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion as though your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So when you take this generous approach in every aspect of your life, God is going to give you wealth, meaning abundance, um, in, in many areas. That means God is going to go ahead when you're generous with your time, when you're generous with your stuff, when you're generous with your thoughts and your ideas and your talents, that God is going to take that and multiply it and use it. And here's what's going to happen with it. it. It's all for one purpose, not to make you the best, but to do what? To result in the glory and thanksgiving and glory, perfect term for this week, thanksgiving and glory to God. In other words, why do we do this is because God wants to go ahead and have people turn to him. Your generosity has people turn to him. Of those, uh, those uh, Operation Christmas Child boxes, someone's going to open that and know that it was given in the name of Jesus. And because of that generosity which in the grand scheme of life probably cost you a little bit of time, right, to gather, a little bit of finances to gather and send it off. And in that thing that you look at as little bit could change somebody's life and have them turn to God forever. 
And that's the cool part about it. Because God takes that little bit that we say, okay, I want to do that. And he takes it and he blows it up and busts them. Why? Because God wants to change the world. You say, how do you know, Jack? Because simply here's what he says. Because John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. Not the, the ground and the air and that stuff, but the people in the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish. You see, that is the result, thanksgiving, and many will come to Christ. So what we need to do is we need to go ahead and be generous with those avenues and those areas. And so today what we're going to talk about is uh, we're going to ask this question. What is my plan for generosity? If I said to you, what's your plan to be more generous? How many of you, many of us, it would probably take a couple minutes. Many of us, we'd probably be sitting here by the end of the service going, huh? So I'm going to help you uh, do that today. You know, I will tell you, how many of you ever given spontaneously? Okay, great. That's a good thing. That is an awesome thing. Um, but how many of you actually work into your life to plan to give? You see, when that video that we started today, this writer was on a budget. They were both on commission. They had budgeted out a certain amount of money. Mom came, found out her sister had a miscarriage. And so she decided, wow, let's go ahead and give that to mom. And there was something that changed in her life and in her heart. So today we're going to talk about a generosity plan. And it's not just based on money, but that's also going to be part of it as well. And we're going to look at three areas. And if you look in your bulletin today, there are some blanks there. Because I'm going to give you several things, and not everything is for everybody. But I want you to have some ideas. You may even, God may even spark a new idea in the midst of your mind as well. And as we, um, we, be, we begin, I want to start with this first one. The first area of our plan is I will intentionally share my resources. I will intentionally share my resources. In the Old Testament and New Testament, they talk about this thing called percentage giving. Okay? Um, in it, and we have brought that into the financial realm, but it, it was everything in their life. And, it's, and the 10% of that was called a tithe, all right? And um, in the Old Testament, it was the law. Now, we are not bound by the law anymore. And if you want, you can look all day on, on the Internet and find out all kinds of arguments of Christians about tithing, non-tithing, and everything else. Knock your socks off. You'll find every single thing that you want to. In the New Testament, we don't live under law. We live under the grace of Jesus Christ. And by living under the grace of Jesus Christ, that we have this choice. So we go back to that verse. We need to decide what is in our heart that we want to give. The New Testament church still kept that practice of percentage giving. As a matter of fact, some of the New Testament uh, people, like Barnabas, whose name was Joseph, gave everything he had just to go ahead and join uh, and to be part of the church. You didn't have to, but he felt that was in his heart. And you can read that in the book of Acts. And so we see this time and time again. The New church, Testament church practiced that out of what was the desire of their hearts, and several other people are all over the place based off of what side of their heart. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, here's what it says. On the first day of the week, which is Sunday, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. Notice that's in keeping with your income. 
saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. In other words, what the Apostle Paul, he was traveling around, and they were giving back to the church in Jerusalem, which was supporting people. And so he said, hey, on the first day of the week, just pull some stuff back, hold on to it. When I get there, we'll take it back, and that'll be part of your gift. That way I don't have to pass an offering plate. I don't have to do anything. You already have it. You're just going to give it. We'll all be awesome, and everything will be wonderful. Okay, so this was the practice that they went ahead and they did. Now, notice something that's very important here. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, no matter whether it's money or whatever, or time or talent, God does not care about amount. Notice that. God does not care about amount. He cares about the percentage. It's what it's about. It's, about e- it's not about equal amount, but it's about equal sacrifice. And so uh, in this first area... Um, it would be good to encourage us to go ahead and do some certain areas. And it reminded me of a story uh, during an impassioned sermon. A pastor was talking about giving and about death and final judgment. And the pastor said, each member of this church, because you're not being generous and you're not living things out, you're going to die and face eternal judgment. Glancing in the front pew, he noticed a man with a big smile on his face after he said that minister decided he maybe he didn't hear me he said i told you because you're not generous you could care less about people out there you you haven't given the church has fallen down you are going to die and you're going to face eternal judgment and he pounded the pulpit anybody have pulpit pounded preachers all right pounded the pulpit and the man looked up nodded and gave a big old grin like that he said i said That every member in here, he said, I'm really getting this time. Every single member in here, you're not caring, you're not giving. You are going to bust hell wide open and face eternal damnation damnation, and face judgment. And the man started cackling. At this, he said, sir, what is wrong with you? He said, well, pastor, I couldn't help it because I'm not a member of this church. So many times we get focused on so many things. And so what I want to do is just challenge you on a couple things. To become a percentage giver. Maybe that's one avenue that you can. Decide in your heart, with you and your family. Um, decide your, your areas of life. We're going to talk about another area of life in a little bit. But start with your local church. If you, I've had several people that say they just love this church. All right? And it's because of you. It's not because of me. But if you love your local church, hey, support it. Because this, what, what you have done by the seed that you have thrown into the ground here, you, you, by your generosity already, so many of you, that has grown and blossomed. And God has done some incredible things in the ministry of this church. I was starting to think the other day that if, we, if this church had never been here, that I, I just stopped to think this Thanksgiving, 170 plus people would not have food. I thought about Pastor Oog, who, and i got to share this with you. His wife went to Cuba, had the test, ended up having the surgery. It was a success, and she's back home now. That came, give yourselves a hand. Yeah, definitely. That came because of your generosity. I don't have that, but because of all of us giving together, you are literally saving lives. Because of the generosity in this church, there are people who have heat. In our community, there are people who have food. There are people who can uh, afford to, to do things that they never could have if this church had not been here. If this church had not been here. And if you hadn't gone ahead and said, God, what I'm giving you, I want you to take and multiply and to expand all the more. Look at our schedules. 
A lot of times we get focused on money. But I'd say for many of us, our schedules are one of those things that we find more problems with, don't we? That a lot of times, you know, our schedules, as a percentage of our whole week, is that dedicated to God? Or maybe, maybe um, one of the things, and you're going to see a new terminology here that I'm going to use, but a lot of times we have special offerings for things. And this church has been fantastic in that. But maybe you for yourself say, I want to be a legacy giver and give to some of the legacy offerings where what happens is we don't even do anything with it except take it, receive it, and pass it on to somebody else. That we are a conduit. We are not taking a percentage of anything else. We just take what you give and give to somebody else. We've done that time and time again in the life and ministry of this church, whether it be for the pregnancy center or whether it be for... um, for, um, for uh, it, Paris Foundation, or whether it be just for a special offering, like when Susie Kiefer comes in and goes ahead and shares what she's doing in Africa, and you guys respond, and boom, we go there. Or whether it's like, hey, there's a need in, in uh, Haiti, and some of you have never even met the people, but you have a love and a gift, and we take that, and boom, and make a difference in somebody's life. Whether it's with the addiction problem that we have here, boom, we go and make it happen. That is awesome. See, today what I want to do is give you things so that you can be thankful to God and thankful for each other and thankful for what you're doing already. There's so many things. One of the coolest things that I've ever seen in our church is that we give in several different areas. We give locally to local missions time and time again. We give to uh, national missions, and we give worldwide. We give in all those areas, and we give, and we give, and we give, and it is awesome to hear that when, when people come in, like, uh, like the Kiefer's, when they come in and say, oh my gosh, your church has been so gracious that so we can do something else with Miriam's table. It is incredible to see the giving nature of, of this church. And so, but I'm one of those people who I never like to rest on my laurels. I always say, I, anybody ever see the movie Schindler's List? At the end when he says, but it, this, this watch, this pen, it could have been one more. It could have been one more. And so for me, I am thrilled, thrilled that we do that. But I always say, God, maybe, what else can I do? What else can I do that one more pe- person can come to know you? And so just recently, just during this week, you have given in many, many ways to touch people's lives. As I mentioned, Pastor Oog and his wife. Um, and, to, and to just see the faith that expanded and, and to know that Satan doesn't want that ministry to continue. But also to hear that some things in Haiti are starting to get a little bit better. And we hope that, it can, and we pray for the peace there so we can join them once again. Or maybe you want to do something like this. Now, Liz, I think you're back there, right? And she back there or she, she disappear again? Um, I've got, uh, Melinda, you have those cards right there. Um, I'm going to get some people. If some ushers can go ahead and pass out those cards right there. Melinda has those. If we could have somebody help pass those out in the back. What I'm going to show to you is um, how many like to go out and eat? Anybody like to go out and eat somewhere? How many, uh, how many just like to go somewhere and you see people? I may hate people, and you just want me to finish this. All right, so what I did, what we did, we put together something like this. So, some, so one of the things, just, uh, you know, how many of you have ever been in food service? How many have ever had a horrible day in food service? How many have ever had a horrible day in, with the public anywhere? Okay, there you go. All right, so one of the things that I want to do, and we can just pass them out. Thank you, Larry, and we can get some on the other side if somebody could help over there. Um, this is, so, so like, for instance, 
have these around, take these with you. And what they say on the front, because I know you can't see it, it says they're the same things, just different colors, chocolate and vanilla, literally. Um, one says something extra to show God loves you. And on the back it, says, it has our logo, and it says, and so do we, has our web address that says Haven Community Church. So you can take some of these, you go out to eat, you decide, hey, I'm going to give a little bit extra to them because they've been so good, and you just throw this down on the table. And just to let somebody know that God loves them, that, you're, that what you're doing is just for God, God loves them. And it reminds us also that we are his hands and feet in the world, right? And that we can go ahead and do that. You, it doesn't matter where you are. If the Holy Spirit leads you to go ahead and do that, and we'll get more and more printed so you can have them all the time, and you can do this and just have this here so you can say, hey, just a little something. And you don't have to say a word. You don't have to talk about Jesus. You don't have to make them kneel. You don't have to say the sinner's prayer. All you do is just say, somebody loves you. And you just go ahead and you just put it down there on the table with the tip. And it's a great way to share the love of Christ. Because somebody's going to look at this. And you may be the conduit for somebody changing someone else's life. Also, some of the things that we've had, and we can pull some of those out again. Um, my 12 targets for God blessing. We have these around. You can write people's names on them. Stick them in your wallet. And we have my targets for God's blessing because we don't want people to know we're praying for them. Right? But that's pretty much what it is. If they see that, say, oh, I like to be blessed. And you're like, yeah. And so you can put 12 names on there. And just keep it in your wallet. Keep it in your Bible. Mine is in my Bible right here. And every day when I go and read and I pray, I pull out and I pray for those names. And I add some more. It's about being intentional. That's what we're talking about today. It's our intentional plan of going ahead and giving in God's love. And this is our acts of kindness. So as the Holy Spirit leads and guides you, go ahead and do that. Sound pretty easy? All right, cool. All right. Number two, here we go. I will intentionally share my time. In other words, we need to plan to use a portion of our time to be intentional. I'd say that this is probably more difficult than finances because many of us feel like we are running from point A to point B. How many, when the alarm goes off in the morning, you feel like you're, it's like a, a gun start and you're running all day until you finally cross that finish line where your head hits the pillow at night, all right? Many of us feel that way, but I would say that is, it is more difficult to, to do that. You know what's interesting? I was looking this week at a verse from Scripture, and the verse from Scripture said that it's when we come to heaven. Anybody know what, we, if, what Jesus says when those who believe in him come to heaven? What he says? He says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You notice he doesn't say, well done, thou good and faithful uh, tither. Notice he doesn't say, well done, that good and faithful pastor. Well done, that good and, and faithful teacher. It says, well done, that good and faithful servant. And what I realize is that in order to serve, you have to do what? Take time. You have to take time to serve one another. And look, and then we can fulfill what it says in, um, in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17. It says, learn to do right. Seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, and plead the case of the widow. You know how you do that? You take time. You got to take time. Anybody lost something before, like your keys? Okay. Finally, I have one of those tile things, and I, I do it every day. Find it, all right? So, but in order to find something you seek, you have to take time to look for something. In order to defend somebody, you have to step up and go ahead and do that. To take the cause of those who are orphaned, you need to take time and effort to do so. And to plead something, again, you have to take time 
out of your life. How can we use time areas at our church? Well, you may be, and this is what some of the blanks are for. Maybe you're telling yourself, hey, I'd like to be part of a host team. Well, you say, what is that? Well, that's the people who are outside helping you park. That's the people who greet you when you come in the door. That's the people who um, are helping you get around. There are people who are ushering and doing those kind of things. Maybe you say, that's what I'd like to be part of. Or maybe you say, you know what, darn it, I'm, I'm, I want to make myself feel either really young or really old. I want to go ahead and step up and be part of Haven's Kids Ministry. I'd love to go ahead and teach, um, teach kids and be with them. Or, man, I'm really going to put the test. I'm going I'm to do some nursery time now. Hallelujah, right? You might do that. Or maybe you say, hey, I'd like to be part of the AV worship team. When I'm not here, I love the fact that I can go ahead and watch online or say, hey, there's a great ministry. And you know there's a handful of people here. And you may feel that call to go ahead and connect and be part of the audiovisual team that goes ahead. We're, we're blessed that you don't have to look back. You know when people look at the sound people? When it goes, Eek! so if Andy wants your attention, all he has to do is, and you'll all look at him, right? But they do that. These slides, I don't just go. And they go, I'm not like Fonzie for you old people, okay? All right? I'm not like that. But what happens is we have Melinda and others who do that all the time and are here and very present. And so you may, you may have a gift of worship. As Wayne says, so this is the time of the year where we are like, eh, eh. And when we look at the song list, they go, uh-oh. You know, maybe God has gifted you, okay? There's some of you God has not gifted for that, Right? We get it, right? It says make a joyful noise. That's okay. Just don't do it up here, all right? So, but what we're saying is that there's some of you that are gifted in worship. You play instruments. You have, you have um, a, a song. You have all kinds of other things, all right? People, we didn't just go recruit people. God had people say, man, I decided in my heart I'd like to go ahead and give up Wednesdays and early Sundays to get here and to help lead worship, Okay? You notice how, see the scripture? They decide in their own heart. I'm, I've known Michelle for years, right, Michelle? When they, st- when they started coming, I was like, this girl's got a voice. I didn't go over to her and say, you're going to sing, did I? No, she approached Wayne, came in one night and sang. Why? Because God touched her heart. And she decided in her heart, hey, I want to connect and sing and use the gift God has given me to help bring worship to the forefront. You understand what I'm saying here? I'm not, I'm not going to chase you down to do anything. I'm not. Because guess what? I am not your Holy Spirit. And be glad for that. Right? But know the fact that you are gifted and God has put a call in your life. And the main thing that you need to get, we all need to get right is our time. We need to get our time in, in order with what God has. Um, or you may be somebody who says, and God willing, and the creek don't rise, you may be willing to go on a mission trip. And I know some of you have taken that up. Some of you have done it with Haiti. Some of you have done it. I know Carol's done it in other avenues. God's, God may be calling you to that. And you may go ahead and need to do that. In the Old Testament, we have Isaiah. But in the New Testament, James says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows and their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Everything you do and live out in life, you have decided to do before you've done it. Every single thing in life. The intentional time and effort make a huge difference. Number three. Number three here. Number three, I will intentionally share Christ. And that's what's important about this card. And I don't know where they have any back there today, but we'll make sure we have some of those in the next couple weeks. Um, be intentional about people and about sharing Christ. How many times have you, how many times have you ever had somebody that may, that, that the, the thing that you fear the most, somebody actually ask you about Jesus? 
and you go, Ugh. or how many of you are afraid? They're going to say, why are you a Christian? And you go, uh, I don't know, ask Jack, right? Or, you know, or ask my mom, or ask, uh, here's my wife, and you, you leave, all right? Some of us are so freaked out by that, but I'm going to tell you the most powerful thing I can tell you. Share your story. Don't share mine. Share your story. You are a believer in Christ if you are here today because Jesus did something in your life. You don't have to go in deep theology. You can say, hey, I don't understand much, a ton of this, but what I do know is that Jesus is very real to me. And tell your story. And it's powerful. And put people's name down that you want close to Jesus. You don't have to say, pick up the phone and say, hey, just want to let you know I got you on my card. I'm praying for you. No, just pray for him. God knows. And he can make a difference in their lives. Be intentional about that. Our next series, as I said, Christmas at the movies. Um, every, so many people, this time of year is a great time because whether we like it or not, no matter how much the culture tries to keep it separated and everything, Jesus is in the culture. Even the point where people say, don't say Merry Christmas, but say Happy Holidays, they're actually saying Happy Holy Days. Why are they holy? Because his name's Jesus, right? You get it? Okay, so we're fooling ourselves, but he's all through the holiday. His name is Christmas. It means worship of Christ. Get it? So it's there. It's set on the table for us, and we can go ahead, and we can do this. Look at what Jesus did and how intentional he was about bringing people to him. He said, now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and, he, and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And then Jesus moved by with what? Compassion. Stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I'm willing, be cleansed. For the Greeks, compassion was a seed of pity. It was something that caused pity to go. It was in the gut. It was something that was here. It was that, that umph. And you come with passion, compassion. We come with passion. And so there are five times in the New Testament where Jesus responded to the needs of the people because he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them. And so why do we have compassion? We do this and we love people. And some people are more difficult to love than ever before, but we love people because he first loved us. And when we understand compassion, here's the definition right here. Compassion is an awareness of the misfortune of another accompanied with the action to relieve it. Awareness and action. Awareness and action. And so that's what I want to do here today is just make you aware of some things. So let's look at, and I'm going to go touch on these very quickly here today, but I believe they're important. And there's some three action points to help us all be more compassionate and generous as we go here today. Are you ready? Here we go. See life through the lens of eternity. See life through the lens of eternity. Jesus was compassionate because he saw something greater. So many times, I think, the reason why we cannot be compassionate is because we look at everything at face value. We see somebody how they are. If you look at an addict as an addict, you will not have compassion. If you look at somebody homeless as a homeless person who is a product and that's just what they're doing and they have mental illness and everything else and, and that all may be true. If you look at them just as in, in face value, you will never have compassion on them. But when you look at them with eternity and the fact that that person 
Jesus, if was the only person here, Jesus would have come and given his life for so that they could be redeemed and in heaven with them, it changes your focus. Because if Jesus looked at me as I am, then I'm helpless and hopeless. Everybody with me? Okay, so what we see here is we see way too many people, and I'm equally guilty, as they appear, not on what they could be if Jesus got hold of them. And so I have met some of the nastiest people that walk the face of the earth. Anybody? Some of them actually sat in church with me. Probably most of them did, right? And some of the nastiest people I've seen in life, if I look at them as that nasty person, but then at times, and I might say, they're nasty, I don't want anything to do with them, I'm not going to blah, blah, But if I add them to my list and begin to intentionally pray for them, and when I intentionally pray for them, and I see them as eternal beings, not who they are, maybe the, the saying, hurt people hurt people, is true. Maybe there's something in their life that occurred that, they, that God just placed me in the way and in that area to take some of that hurt so that they could come to know him. And so the, our view of life in every single area will be different if we focus on eternity. That we say, okay, God, how can you use everything I have, everything in my life, everything at my disposable, how can you use it so that you are glorified and somebody can know you? Every single thing I have, all for eternity. Jesus said it this way. He said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about, believe it or not, um, there were some moments in my life where I was on really good athletic teams or I coached them and I did anything I could do to get that trophy. Anybody with me? And now they're either in a box in the attic or sitting on a shelf or they're broken and I'm getting rid of them or I don't know. I don't know. There ain't that many, trust me, okay? So I would, at that moment, when I looked at that moment, I would have done anything for that. But now it's just dust, dirt. It'll something be sold at a yard sale when I'm dead and gone, right? What we need to do is recognize for where our, your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Look at that. Look at this verse. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Hold on to that. And then it jumps to this. It sounds like it's not like it's mixed up. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you uh, is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Okay, so you're wondering, what the heck is he talking about eyes? Is he talking about somebody who's like got cross-eyed or something? No, he's not talking about somebody cross-eyed. He's not doing that. All right, he's not talking about just like you got like, I don't know, weird color contacts or whatever. He's not talking about that at all. What we see here is the eye is the lamp to the soul. And in the Jewish people, they, they believed in this term, the evil eye. And it's not like when you were messing up, your parents would go, Right? That's not what it's, what it's talking about. They actually believe that if you saw things selfishly in life, that you had an evil eye. But if you saw good and focused on eternity, then it was good eyes. It was there. 
And so he finishes to say, he will either hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. And then he finishes off, you cannot serve God and money. And I love the King James here where it says, or mammon. It's just all our stuff. All our stuff that we, that we want, um, and we want it, uh, we want to live our life to, to get and take in a greedy manner is what that means. So when we look at eternity, we see things differently. Number two. Number two, generosity leads and the heart follows. Generosity leads and the heart follows. Notice what this verse says. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I always read that wrong. I always had, oh, I give to where my heart is. No, your heart will be where you give. That's what happens. Your heart follows your treasure. The things that you love is where your heart will be. We need to not wait for emotion to do something. We need to decide in our hearts what we want to do and what we want to give and how we want to be. So your treasure leads. Your treasure could be your money. Your treasure could be your time. Your treasure could be your hobbies. Your treasure could be someone. And so the big question that we ask here is, where do you want your heart? Honestly, where do you want your heart in life? And where you want your heart to be at That's where you leap and invest in. You invest your time and your resources. If you want your heart to be focused on eternal things, then invest them in godly things. Invest them in the things of the Lord. Do what God wants. Remember that video real quick? I want to show you the rest of the story of what they decided to do. So all of a sudden it felt like giving just had this new life to it that we'd never expected. I have a friend with multiple sclerosis, and her doctor had told her to change her diet dramatically, but she didn't have a food processor, and we bought her one. She's able to see better, and her symptoms are really starting to go away. Then I was having coffee with a friend, and she was really struggling because she'd lost her job. I looked at her, and I said, have you thought about going to see a counselor? And she looked at me and said, I would love to, but I just know that I can't afford it. And so Patrick and I talked about it and we decided we would give her the money to be able to go see a counselor. The experiment made life really exciting. Doing this month after month has really change the way we look at our friends and the way that we look at life. We can listen to people more and we're more aware of what's going on around us and we enjoy listening for opportunities that we didn't expect. Giving had a whole lot more energy behind it than we'd ever given it credit for. It's pretty contagious. And I felt that way when I was hearing other people's stories. I feel pretty privileged to be able to spread that. Isn't it interesting that the need that when she just, they decided, hey, our heart, we, we, need to, we need to go ahead and look at life. How can we not just meet the need when mom was here, but how can we go ahead and actively be intentional about setting apart. And you see they do it monthly. Every month they find somebody that they can be intentionally generous with in their lives. And so 
we need to look for ways in our lives. This is what Jesus did. If we look at Matthew chapter 9, it said Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom of heaven, and healing every disease and sickness. Every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had what? Compassion on them. Notice that it says Jesus went. Jesus just went. He went first. He saw the crowds and had compassion on them. The problem with many of us and even myself is many times we reverse that. We want to have compassion so that we can see and then we'll go. Rather than going, then seeing, and then having compassion. I have been very honest that every mission trip I've been on, I remember, I think, Joe, you were with me. I think Sally was too when we went down to Florida. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to be on a roof. I was on a roof that was 104 degrees in Florida, and it was December, and they had Christmas ornaments out. That will mess with your mind if you're from this area. And it was hot. And I, it was right after hurricanes, and we, had a whole, we did have a whole bunch of M&Ms and T-shirts. They, I don't know why. Everybody gave T-shirts and socks. They were there. Stuffed animals. Don't know what that was about, but that was there. We had fun, but I can tell you, before I went, I did not want to go. When I got down there, I was on a, very, on a roof of a very wealthy person's house and wondering, why am I here at this wealthy person's house, sweating a lot in December with Christmas ornaments out, when they have probably insurance to do that? And then I took time to listen to the pastor of that church who said, here's what we do. We go ahead, we approach people who have insurance, and we say, hey, if we get a work crew together that will go ahead and you'll pay us from the insurance, and um, you just pay for materials, we'll donate the labor, and then everything else that's left over, we will put together and we'll do houses for people who are too uh, poor to afford it, and we'll make sure we do more with less just by giving of our time. Then I got it. You see, I didn't get it while I was sitting in the comfort of my own home and my own stuff. I didn't get it. You know why? Because I didn't go, but when I went, then I saw. Same thing in Haiti. I could continue on and on and on. There are several people. I know Carol can say, once you went, it did something to your heart. I know Wes, you can say, once you went, change your heart. And some people, you're never going to see it. You're never going to experience it. You're never going to have compassion unless you go. Unless you go. First of all, when Jesus saw them, he had compassion on them. Number three, the last one, is we need to experience God's love for myself. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. And I want to share with you as uh, we're, we're finishing this, this off, this last thing here. I want to share with you a Bible story. That there was a lady, and we use that term loosely in the scripture. Jesus was sitting at a house, and as he sat there, there was a lady who was not known to be the most upstanding, she was probably a lady of the, of the night, and she had in her hand a box of perfume that the scripture tells us was worth a year's wages. Say, let's just pick $50,000. That's what she had. She had that there, and because of her life, and because of being there in the presence of Jesus, she began to cry. 
and she broke open that alabaster jar that was a year's wages and poured it on Jesus' feet. And as she poured it on Jesus' feet, it mixed in with her tears and she began to wipe it with her hair. The disciples who were closest to Jesus got mad and indignant and frustrated. And they said, Lord, rebuke her. That money, we could have taken that, we could have sold it. And we could have given it and taken care of the poor. And Jesus looked at him and said, you don't get it. You don't get it all. He said, the reason why you can't understand is this. It's because she's so generous. And she's so giving. And you don't get it because you're not looking at eternity. You're looking here. And the reason why she is so giving and so generous is because of what he said in Luke chapter 7. And, and this is in all four Gospels. Not many things are in all four Gospels, but this story is. We never know her name, but here's what it is. He said, here's why she's so giving and generous. I tell you, her sins, her many, many sins have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he has been given, been given little, loves little. You see, the real secret is this, that Jesus, that for her, Jesus had given her something that she never thought she could have. Her sins were so great and so horrific that she never thought she could ever get close to God. She thought she was something and going to be something the rest of her life. But then she met Jesus. And when she met him, all that stuff of the world meant nothing. Even the disciples, they were thinking, oh, and they were thinking good things, but they weren't seeing her in eternity. How many of us have many sins that we're grateful that Jesus has forgiven? How many of us are so thankful to him? And if we have, if we have, then we need to be so much more generous with others in our lives. Because who, he has been forgiven much, forgives much. For her and for us, we need to step up the generosity in this world. And you guys are awesome. Don't let me, don't let me lose sight in, that, in this message. But there are people, particularly this time of year, depression goes through the roof, loneliness, suicide, you name it, goes through the roof. Maybe somebody just needs a card at their table that says, there's something special because God loves you, and so do we. Maybe somebody just needs to know that no matter what they've done in their lives, Jesus paid it all. And we love from this verse because he first loved us. And if you've been loved and forgiven by God, we must do likewise and pass generosity around. And man, what a difference this world would be. Amen? Let's stand. Heavenly Father, we come to you today as we close out this service. I thank you, God, 
that there is a redeemer. His name is Jesus. He's God's own son. He's the precious lamb that bore my sin. And because you have taken so much from me, my sin, you are my Messiah, my Lord. You have paid the price, and I am grateful. And you have been so generous with all my sins that you separate them as far as the east is to the west. And you throw them in the heart of the ocean. And you raised me up, and you gave me a firm place to stand. And you called me your own. Even though I'm unworthy, even at face value, I'm dingy, I'm broken, I'm disgusting. Oh, no, you don't see me like that. You see me as a child of the king. Oh, Lord, may I do the same. May I do the same with those in my community, with those uh, across the world and those across the nation. God, forgive me for where I've missed the point. Help me, Lord, to trust you more and to break open all the alabaster jars for you in Christ's name. And if someone here today has never, ever, ever come to the point of where they said, hey, all right, here we are. I don't understand all this, but I'm going to put up or shut up, and I want you to do the same, God. I'm going to say, I'm going to throw my money, I'm going to throw my, my, my weight, I'm going to throw my life to you and say, if you're real, I'm going to believe in you. God, make them more real than ever before. Bring your life in amazing ways, and we'll give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Wow. 
Thank you all for being so generous and making a difference in others' lives. Thank you for just being a church that is, is amazing to be proud of. To have people in the world who don't even go to church say, wow, that's awesome. Because in case you don't know, we got a PR problem in the church. Thank you for changing that PR thing and showing people Jesus. So go forth from here and recognize there is a Redeemer and He loves you. And uh, you're going to have a great week. Enjoy your turkeys. Um, not the people around you, but the ones you're going to eat. And have a great week. Thank, thank you. God bless.